come set. Kicks the 1 1 pitch. Fly ball deep left field. Yes, sir. There she goes. Hello and welcome, Blue Jay fans, to episode 17 of There She Goes, a weekly Blue Jay podcast for all things Blue Jays. Uh, We are recording this on July 27th, 2017. I'm Mark from 360 Blue Jays News and Bluebird Banter. As always, we're joined by everything Blue Jays, Blue Jays Nation, and Blue Jays Center. Uh, Today, we're just going to be bantering a bit about prospects, a bit about the trade deadline, because that is coming up. This is our last episode before the trade deadline. Um, so as far as things go with the trade deadline, we've already talked about this in past episodes, uh, but really the, the two weeks after the all-star break were the most important for the Blue Jays. And so far, um, or, or at least lately they've picked up their play. Obviously they won, uh, three games against Oakland so far. This episode will be out after the fourth game in the Oakland series. Uh, but they are kind of making a push for it. I still think, um, that they are going to be, uh, sellers at the deadline, or at least um, kind of in the middle. I don't think there's any chance of them being buyers, but what do you guys think? Yes, as far as the um, the trade deadline goes, I still don't really know what the Blue Jays are going to do. Obviously, this uh, three-game winning streak has been pretty good. Uh, they've, they have a chance to sweep Oakland today, but you know the season hasn't been good. We've been talking about this a lot recently. Um, if they sell, who are they going to potentially trade? Um and we also found out a couple of days ago, uh, Ross Atkins said that at at this trade deadline, the Blue Jays will be looking for 2018. So whatever that means, it could be maybe uh, retooling or selling, who knows, or maybe even just trading players with expiring contracts. We saw, or we heard yesterday that the Royals were interested in uh, Francisco Liriano. And also a week and a half ago, they also were apparently interested in Marco Estrada. But as far as the deadline goes, it's either going to be... A, a rebuild or a retool, or maybe they just won't, um, they won't really do anything just because even if they do buy, I don't really know if they have the pieces to buy. Like, um, I don't really think trading prospects is the good idea, especially a couple years ago, like we mentioned, um, earlier this year on the, po- um, our podcast here that they kind of have a depleted farm system and they're kind of, uh, re- building it right back up. So I really think that, um, they're either going to, they're either to sell, retool, or just stay the same because they don't really they don't have the pieces to buy, and also this team's just been struggling lately. So I don't and the trade value has been going down as well for players like Liriano and Estrada, which also gives another reason to that they might just uh, leave it, stay the same, hope for a good run, but who knows? Yeah, I really don't know what the Blue Jays are going to do. To be completely honest, uh, previously I had been set on the Blue Jays should rebuild but like you just mentioned everything blue jays this kind of makes more sense how some players such as francisco liriano and uh marco estrada who have been names that the hovering around people that the blue jays are going to trade and you know i don't really know if they're going to sell you know who do they trade you know are they going to trade guys like josh donaldson or anybody that is struggling even though teams would give up a lot for them you know i don't know it's it's a complicated discussion which is kind of why we're having it uh but yeah i think ross atkins and mark shapiro have their minds set on what they want to do this off se- or this uh trade deadline and even if the blue jays go on to sweep 
Oakland and then sweep the Angels in the seven-game homestand. I really, I mean, it could have an impact on the what they do on the at the deadline. But overall, I mean, got to look at this team as a big picture. And you know, say they go on a seven-game win streak, they've been so inconsistent that they could they could win seven, then lose fourteen in a row. You know, you never know. Um, but yeah, I think for when it comes to the, to the deadline, you know, it's kind of even if the Blue Jays play well, it's kind of too little, too late. You know, they had their chance if they played well on the road trip and then played well on the homestand like they are. You know, maybe they could have had a different approach to the deadline, but now I think either a rebuild with and trade guys that, you know, you might get not as much as you thought you would get or just a retool and then maybe work for 2018. Yeah, uh, first of all, I'm just going to go out and say a great win streak, a uh, little three-game win streak. Hopefully they sweep the athletics today. Uh, was at the game yesterday. Pretty, pretty awesome game. But uh, I hate to say this after a three-game win streak, but for uh, for me, like you said, I don't think that this really changes anything. I still think that uh, the best option to do, and what I think the Blue Jays will do, is uh, they're not going to have a massive rebuild. I mean, I don't think they're going to trade Josh Donaldson or Roberto Osuna or uh, even Aaron Sanchez or Marcus Stroman. I do anticipate though uh, they trade away their. Uh, the remaining uh, contracts that expire at the end of the year. Uh, I fully expect guys like Liriano and uh, Strada and Joe Smith, uh, maybe not Liriano because he's not necessarily the having the best year, neither is Estrada. Jose Bautista's walk rate has gone down significantly. His strikeout rate has gone up significantly from other years. And uh, as for the power, he's got an uh, slugging percentage under 400. And he's only got 16 home runs, which is obviously it's not nothing, but... It's something special. So, I, and even if a team is interested in him, he's still got to wave the 10-5 rights. I just think that there's too complicated to get him out of town. There's really nothing that he brings when he's not getting on base and he's not hitting home runs. Out of outside of Estrada, Joe Smith, and maybe Liriano, I guess you can make the argument for Montero as well as a backup catcher. I don't think he's got any trade value though. Uh, so yeah, two things I wanted to address. Like you just said, Blue Jay center Jose Bautista. You think he's not getting traded? I think. There's a zero percent chance that he gets traded because, like you said, he has the ten five rights. So you got to think the only teams that he would want to get traded to are good teams like the Dodgers or the Nationals, and those teams, first of all, don't want him, and second of all, they're if they do get him, they're not going to trade really for anything. So and a bad team would maybe give up a little more for Bautista, and he's obviously not going to go there. So he to me, he's not getting traded at all. And so yeah, the second thing I was going to say is. You said, you know, not not to put a damper on this three-game win streak, but, you know, this probably doesn't have any impact on the season. That makes a lot of sense because even Greg Zahn said uh, after the game yesterday, you know, you kind of have to approach your enthusiasm about the team, like, right now with caution because, again, there's, it's a three-game win streak. Yes, it feels great to win any amount of games in a row, but in the end, I, I really don't think, you know, fans can get too excited because I don't think, this win streak really reflects how the team has played this season. You know, it just it explains how inconsistent they've been. You know, they've had a lot of losses in a row, then they've won three straight. So you can't really say, okay, yeah, we're making a run for the playoffs or hold off on the rebuild. You know, let's give this team a chance. And you, know, you kind of got to, like Greg's on said, approach your enthusiasm with caution because, you know, this team's too inconsistent to get excited over a little three-game win streak. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Jose Bautista and how would he fit in with other teams? I mean, there's a lot of teams in this league that 
generally don't like Jose Bautista. I mean, he's not going to the Rangers. He's not going to the Orioles. He's not going to the Yankees. There's a lot of contending teams out there or teams that could contend that really don't like this guy. And as we mentioned, if he's not playing well, he's definitely not fitting in, you know, like a bag of flowers in some other team's clubhouse. So uh, that's another reason why I, I think teams might want to stay away from him. Yeah. At the deadline as well, um, I really expect and I really hope that uh, if it's Ross Atkins or Mark Shapiro or both of them, I really hope they both enter- entertain all offers they get. Uh, Mark Shapiro said yesterday they're going to be active at the deadline, so that pretty much gives you a little bit of a hint that they're going to be doing the best they can to move some pieces and upgrade or look forward to next year is what Ross Atkins said, that how they're going to approach the, de- the deadline. But as it comes to like players like... Um, Maybe Jay Happ, Josh Donaldson, but I don't think they're going to trade Donaldson. But like, let's just give an example for Happ. We saw that, or we heard a couple weeks ago, the Astros were interested. And I don't know about you guys, but let's just say the Astros offer something good for Happ. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at all. I would expect the front office to accept the deal for him. Like, let's just say, like, it blows them away. Like, it's a very good deal, even though, um, I don't know, you're getting like a couple prospects and you're trading away one of your best. Uh, pieces in the rotation, but if it comes to um, you know looking to next year, I wouldn't. I expect the front office to entertain every single offer, and you know if they, if it blows, if offers blow them away, um, expect them to pull the trigger, and I hope they do that. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, unless except for guy like I don't want to see Osuna, Stroman, or Sanchez get traded, but you know you kind of gotta listen to offers for anybody else on the team, even if it is for Donaldson, and if the offer or if the price is right and it works out for the Blue Jays, you know, why not trade Hap? Yeah, the Astros, even though they're really good, they definitely would have a need for him. Uh, most teams would have a need for a middle-of-the-pack starter like Hap. Um, as far as what they're going to do, like you guys said, I think they're going to try to retool. You guys were talking about Bautista in there. He does ten, have 10 and 5 trade rights, so I don't think he's going anywhere. We've seen in the past he loves Toronto. You know, he signed with Toronto because he loved in, uh, loved it, and I think um, during the offseason, a lot of agencies reported that Bautista did have better offers, uh, but he chose to go to Toronto because he loves the city. Um, I don't think he's going to be moved. Um, Liriano and Estrada and Hap, like you guys mentioned, I think any of them can be moved. Uh, I think Liriano has had the most interest in him, uh, as well as Estrada. Both of them were being scouted by the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Hap, like you guys just mentioned, to the Astros. Um, I think... It, it, he probably won't be moved simply because he has another year left on his contract and he has been performing well and the Blue Jays plan to compete in 2018. So I don't think he'll be moved. Donaldson, definitely not moved. Uh, Joe Smith, maybe. I think he's an intriguing name. Uh, he is aging um, and, and he's only on a one-year deal. So I think the Blue Jays, if they're not going to compete this year, which I don't think they will, I think they definitely should cash in on his uh, production and try to get some good prospects from it. Yeah, you talked about Jay Happ, and that's a very intriguing topic for me because uh, I think out of everybody uh, on this team, the only player that I expect, or I shouldn't say expect, but the only player that I can see being traded that's signed through next year is Jay Happ. I think uh, out of all the starting pitchers we mentioned, he'd probably have the most trade value out of Estrada and Liriano and maybe even Joe Smith. Uh, I just have one problem, though. I don't think the Jays are going to do it simply because Mark Shapiro said that they're interested in 
or Ross Atkins said that they're interested in competing in 2018. And when are looking at the rotation for 2018, uh, there's not going to be Marco Estrada in it. There's not going to be Francisco Liriano in it. If you're trading Jay Happ, uh, you're stuck with pretty much Aaron Sanchez, Marcus Stroman, Joe Biagini, and Cesar Valdez, who's pitched six innings in his first start since 2010. So uh, I think that you'd probably get something good for J-Hap, uh, especially considering that the Astros are probably willing to pay uh, some good money for a guy that can be a solid mid-rotation piece for them. But uh, I just can't see them trading away 60% of the rotation and then – or and then because don't forget Jay Happ if he if he gets traded the other two Estrada and Liriano are probably going to go as well in the free agency most likely so that's 60 percent of the rotation right there and if you're going to compete uh, it'll be tough to acquire three starting pitchers in the off season or just go to your depth which we've seen uh, could be a bit of a question mark soon yeah I do see what you're saying there um, and I. I yeah I understand uh, what you mean by that, but the Blue Jays do have some options. You mentioned Biagini; he may be going back to the rotation next year. Although, if they do trade a number of starters, um, Caesar Valdez, I don't think there's any chance he actually gets a legitimate shot in the rotation. Um, I think teams will eventually figure him out uh there's been talks about moving Roberto Osuna to the rotation and I I really hope that doesn't happen but if they have a lot of openings in the rotation it may uh but I definitely get your point past what the Blue Jays may be doing this deadline uh there are a lot of prospects that may be coming up you know September call-ups uh there may be some Prospects moved at the deadline to other teams, or the Blue Jays may be acquiring prospects through, like we just mentioned, Francisco Liriano, Marco Estrada, Joe Smith, Jose Bautista, those kind of names. Um, who do you think uh, maybe will be heading somewhere else uh, if, if they choose to trade someone, and uh, who do you think will be coming up as a September call-up? If, yeah, if the Blue Jays uh, decide to trade one of their prospects, obviously you don't really don't really expect it's going to be a top 10 prospect, maybe even top 20. Uh, we saw a couple days ago that the Blue Jays traded their former 30th prospect, uh, Ryan McBroom, to the New York Yankees for a uh, utility man, Rob Refsnyder, I think that's how you pronounce his name. And, uh, you, you know, you saw the Blue Jays trading their 30th prospect. And, I mean, obviously he's, he was a low prospect, like uh, according to the MLB pipeline. But if the Blue Jays are going to, at least trade a prospect. I expect it to be like a, a low-level prospect based on their ranking. And when it comes to the September call-ups, um, when it comes to the bullpen, I'll start with the, the pitchers. Obviously, um, you have the bullpen right now, and you have people on DL like Danny Burns, Mike Bolsinger, Lionel Campos, uh, J.P. Howell. And I expect all those, um, when they get healthy, I expect all those pitchers to be a part of the Blue Jays' bullpen, Danny Burns for sure. I expect Bullsinger and Campos to maybe spend September in the Blue Jays' bullpen. And when it comes to the catchers, um, a couple days ago, uh, John Gibbons said that Luke Maley will be out until, you know, late August, early September, which is kind of um, maybe an opening for having a third catcher on the 40-man roster. We saw that uh, last season with Deonna Navarro, Russell Martin, and Josh Tolley in the month of September. So uh, I don't think it would be a bad idea to have Maley on your September roster. And we haven't really heard much about Chris Coughlin, but if he is, let's if he gets activated, I'm sure he will by September. I expect him to be on the um, the Blue Jays' active roster. Maybe Ref Snyder, as we just mentioned, 
And who knows about Devin Travis's health? Is it's a question, but he does say that he expects to return this season. But who knows? Again, depending on the season, maybe it might be best if the Blue Jays just shut him down and see him uh, in Dunedin the following spring. And you know, when it comes to the outfield, uh, Darrell Siciliani is currently on the 60-day DL, and suppose he gets healthy, I expect him to be on the roster as well. Dwight Smith Jr. Uh, he has a good chance as well. I don't really see Dalton Pompey this year just because. Uh, he's been on the DL most of the season, and he, he recently went on a rehab start, and he was, you know, suffering setbacks. And his rehab assignment eventually, I guess, expired because he's right back on the DL. I just don't see him making the jump as at this point unless he returns within the next couple of weeks. And those are pretty much all, you know, the names I think that will be on the uh, September roster. Uh, just to address what you said about having three catchers on the team, I really don't think that's a good idea. Um just my personal opinion, I do not think Miguel Montero is a very good catcher. We've seen him airmail a ton of throws down to second base. You know, he's, he clearly struggles throwing out runners. And I, if I'm correct, I think he's like 2 for 24 or something like that since joining the Blue Jays. Uh, and I really just don't think he's a great defensive or offensive catcher, at least with the Blue Jays. Uh, so once Luke Maley comes back, I, I think the best option for that is just to move uh, uh, Miguel Montero down to the minors and then have Luke Maley as your primary backup catcher because although Maley can't, is not the greatest hitter, he's a, I, I really like him behind the plate. I trust him a lot. And then a, a pitcher that I think, or a pitching prospect that I think the Blue Jays should call up this season is Connor Green. You know, he's having a nice year in double A. And I made a, a post at the start of the season on my Instagram saying this could possibly be the year Green makes his debut. And, you know, even if it's just for an outing or two with the Blue Jays. But this year with the AA New Hampshire, he is 4-8 and with a 4.96 ERA. And I believe he was an all-star this season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and I think Aaron Sanchez should be shut down for this season for sure. And then, which would give the Blue Jays maybe 6-10 to 10 starts from here until the end of the season that they'll have to fill. And Connor Green could definitely take a few of those starts. Uh, not all of them by any means, but he could take maybe two or three at most, and then maybe pitch out of the bullpen if needed. And then, I, all right, and then a, an outfielder that I think the Blue Jays should consider calling up is Dwight Smith, Smith Jr. And in his time with the Blue Jays, he hit 370 in 20 something at bats. I think it was 23. And he definitely deserves to be called up over Dalton Pompey. As you mentioned, he's been injured most of the season, and. Pompey is just never he as as well, or he can run, but he's he's not the greatest hitter. And defensively, we saw in 2015 when he was given the starting center field role, he missed a lot of balls, or not a lot. He missed some balls, but he wasn't very reliable. And I think Dwight Smith Jr. as well as being a nice hitter, you know, he's not the greatest defensively, but he can he can still make your average plays in the outfield. But he has a ton of speed, and on the base paths. With which is definitely a plus. You know, the Blue Jays do not have speed by any means, you know, other than a few guys like Ezekiel Carrera and Kevin Pillar right now, just off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, that's... I think both those guys, Connor Green and Dwight Smith Jr., have a future with the Blue Jays, and I really think those two guys should use September to showcase their skills in front of the big league managers against big league teams. Uh, and yeah, I think those two definitely deserve to get the call up. Okay, just before uh, we continue, I just wanted to go back to Green. 
Uh, I don't really know if it's a good idea, you know, rushing someone's development as they were, he's in currently in double A. He hasn't even touched, uh, Buffalo. He hasn't even been in Buffalo yet. I don't know, uh, if that's a good idea. We, you know, we saw earlier in the year, we saw Anthony Alford, uh, get called up from double A, but that was more on like an emergency basis just because of all the injuries. And who knows if it was like the best thing for him. You know, he ended up breaking a bone in his wrist and he pretty much slowed down his development for a couple of months and he has, he had to build his way back in Dunedin and now he's just getting healthy. And Connor Green has a lot to learn. I know he's def- he has great velocity. Uh, he can throw <clears throat> over 100 miles per hour. I just don't know if it's a good idea rushing his development, even if he hasn't even pitched one inning in AAA. And going back to your point about the three catchers, I mean, you know, your your roster expands to 40 people. I don't know. I really don't mind having three catchers. I know you know you're not a big fan of Miguel Montero, but I just think that it might be the best if they have three catchers just because of what you said about the defense. Luke Maley has a, a terrific arm, but I don't really see Montero going down to the minors as well. I'm pretty sure he's a free agent at the end of the year, so who knows what they'll do with him, though. But that's my opinion on your um, September call-ups and your thoughts on three catchers on the active roster. Yeah, I'm going to agree with everything Blue Jays. I think Miguel Montero is definitely a major league catcher, and when the roster should expand, uh, you got to have three catchers on your team. Think about it like this. Uh, how often have we seen... Uh, a catcher get get a base hit and then he's now on first base with it's a one run game or two run game and you can't pinch run for him because you only have one more catcher uh, carrying three catchers allows you to bring in a pinch runner and swipe a bag or two that can put you in a better position uh, but other than that uh, I'm not too high on Dwight Smith Jr. I, I like him but I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be uh, a big part of the Blue Jays future I'm more interested to see Anthony Alford who we saw for a cup of coffee earlier this year before he got injured, as you mentioned. Uh, I think Rob Refsteiner will definitely get called up, newly acquired. I don't anticipate Connor Green getting called up for the reasons that everything Blue Jays stated. Uh, in the pitching, uh, I don't anticipate any prospects coming up. I just think that uh, everyone that was either hurt this year or now healthy or some guys that rode the bus from AAA and back will be up. Uh, I heard someone talk about Lourdes Gurriel possibly make an appearance. I don't see that happening. Uh, Guriel is a super utility man. The Jays signed international prospect from Cuba. Uh, I think Guriel is more of a 2018 guy. He's a, another good prospect to see. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I think you guys nailed all the other guys that will be up. Uh, the only difference is I'd rather see Anthony Alford over Smith because although Dwight Smith was great in his probably like 10 games that he was here, throughout his minor league career, He's not been that great of a hitter. Uh, he's been a good hitter, but he's not been hitting the way he's been hitting now in the 10 games that he was here in the majors. And uh, people seem to think that he's really fast, but he's got mediocre speed, well, above average speed, and he's a mediocre fielder. So uh, I'd rather see Anthony Alford in there. But definitely I think Smith gets the call. Uh, I've also been entertaining the thought that maybe uh, if the Jays are out of it, uh, possibly giving Dalton Pompey or Anthony Alford uh some time in the majors to start. We saw that with Kevin Pillar when he was coming up and Anthony Ghost in 2014 uh, because Colby Rasmus just wasn't doing anything and he was a free agent and they weren't contending. Uh, so that would be pretty interesting to see. Uh, Pompey, if he's healthy, I'd definitely bring him up because uh, we've mentioned so many times on this show what is his what's his value. And if you're not going to play him, we can't really see what's his dad. And if he's not going to stay healthy, we can't see. Uh, but if he has a chance to play, uh, I'd do it. So... If he's healthy, I'd definitely bring him up. I'd bring Smith up, Ref Snyder, uh, Alford, and after that, just 
uh, the regular 40 men. Yeah, I think uh, Ref Snyder is definitely a guy I would want to bring up. Um, he was just acquired by the Blue Jays from the Yankees in exchange for Ryan McBroom, who, like we said earlier, was a top 30 prospect for the Blue Jays. I think he just made the fold as number 30. Um, Ref Snyder is is a pretty good hitter. He hasn't made it yet at the major league level. Um, in 20 games with the Yankees this season, he hit 135. Uh, but when he was in AAA uh, with the Yankees... Uh, triple-A team. He was in 313 on-base percentage of 395. So you can tell he's definitely a great hitter. He does play second base, which is an area of need for the Blue Jays because, as we mentioned, Devin Travis is injured. We have, right now, Ryan Goins and Darwin Barney filling in at second base, which is by no means a good combination, although it is good defensively. I would like to see Ref Snyder up in September or even earlier, potentially. Um, as far as other maybe infield uh, replacements go. You mentioned uh, Goriel, Lourdes Goriel. I cannot never say his name. Um, he's in double A right now. He's doing pretty well. But uh, like you said, I don't see him coming up this season, maybe partway through 2018 or as a September call-up in 2018. Um, this management has consistently shown that they don't want to rush any prospects. They don't want to They don't want to push the development of players. So I definitely think in 2018 he would have the potential to come up. Uh, we haven't talked at all about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Bo Bichette, which are the Blue Jays' number one and number two prospects. Uh, as far as this season goes, uh, some people have talked about bringing them up, but in my opinion, personally, that idea is kind of stupid. Like I just said, this management is shown that they don't want to rush any prospects, and these guys are in high A Dunedin. There's no way they're skipping double A or, or, or even triple A to go to the majors. Um, they're both fantastic players, and I think uh, Guerrero, he is 18 years old right now. I think he can make the majors when he's 20, uh, so maybe the tail end of 2018, probably the start of 2019, I would say. But Bo Bichette, I think he still has a few years of development left. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I see uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette coming up in the next couple of years. Um, if you look to next year, if all goes well in IA, maybe they start the year in double A or maybe they make the jump to double A midway through the year and then they can eventually make the jump to Buffalo within the next year. Yeah. So they're about I would say about two to three years away. And as you said, a lot of people have said maybe bringing them up now, which is uh, I agree with you, three sixty Blue Jays News, it's a terrible idea. Yeah, uh in 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 low A Lansing he hit four hundred for a while, but he ended his stint with Lansing with the lug nuts at 384 batting average, 448 on base percentage, and then so far in Dunedin, small sample size, 15 games, but he's hit 387 and an on base percentage of 435. So he's been doing fantastic. And looking at Guerrero, obviously he uh, maybe a little bit of a slow start in Dunedin. He's batting 233 and 51 at bats, but again, it's a uh, small sample size. But I wouldn't want to rush any of these guys' development. I would I would look forward to seeing them in the next couple of years, but yeah, they need. I still think they need a year or two of development before you even consider them, bring them up to the majors. Yeah, just to touch on Bo Bichette, uh, according to Baseball Reference, he can play shortstop and second base, and he is 19 years old. So I don't. That means I really don't think he's getting called up this year. Uh, he will definitely be called up, or not definitely, but he could potentially be called up next year at the very end of the year, play a game or two, maybe. A little more than that in September if the Blue Jays are not contending or if they're contending. I don't know. 
Uh, but definitely in 2019, 2020, he will get called up. Uh, maybe as a starting role, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd be very shocked, personally, if uh, Bo Bichette or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. made an appearance with this team prior to 2019. Uh, I think they got some seasoning in, and the Blue Jays really love these guys. Uh, they're a couple babies right now. They're 18 and 19. Uh, if In a perfect world, they wouldn't even be starting college by now, so they got tons of time. Uh, I think, personally, uh, that these guys... The Blue Jays value these guys very highly, and I don't think they're going to rush them in anytime soon. I think they really want them uh, to get seasoned and marinated before they bring them up to the big league level. Uh, 2019 is, I think, the earliest. I, 2018, maybe, at the end of the year, September call-up, as to get a cup of coffee, get a taste of the major leagues, potentially, uh, but I would not expect them to make an appearance uh, prior to that. Uh, and we also talked about some other prospects, I'm not sure if you guys know uh, much about Danny Jansen. He's a, currently a catcher in AA. Uh, he wasn't anticipated to be their top catching prospect. That belonged to Max Pentecost, uh, who's currently in single A. Uh, he was severely injured with uh, Tommy John, I believe, a couple of years ago. Uh, so now Jansen's in as the top catching prospect, apparently. Uh, there's another guy in Lansing with lug nuts that was with Guerrero and uh, Bo Bichette. His name is Bradley Jones. He was an 18th round pick a couple of years ago for the Blue Jays. He's had an excellent year as well. Uh, he's also a guy that the Jays should take a look at. What do you guys make uh, these sort of brought on names by myself? Um, you mentioned Max Pentecost and Danny Jansen. Uh, Jansen was a double A all star this season with the Fisher Cats of the Blue Jays double A team. He's been doing amazing in double A. I don't think that he is quite the the top prospect in Toronto system he's ranked uh 17th overall uh in Toronto system and Max Pentecost who's rebounding from an injury but has been performing well since he's come off the disabled list uh, uh he missed all of last season i believe um he's ranked number 8 overall by the blue jays um and ahead of him uh there are Obviously, there's Vlad Guerrero, Bo Bichette. Um, a, a lot of the names ahead of him are recently added to Toronto's organization, like Guerrero, Bichette. Uh, TJ Zoik was also drafted last season, so he was added. So um, he, he's definitely a great prospect, and, and a lot of the new names have bumped him down a bit. Um, right after him also is a top-catching prospect. There's Hagen Danner, who we interviewed on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, He's number nine, um, and he's one of my favorite prospects simply because we got to talk to him. Uh, but there are definitely a bunch of catching prospects ahead of Danny Jansen. Another, another one is Riley Adams at 16, just above Danny Jansen. Um, so Jansen has been doing great, but I think, and, and he's closer to the majors than a few of the other prospects like Hagen Danner or Max Pentecost, who's with uh, the Dunedin Blue Jays. Uh, but I definitely think that the other prospects um, have the potential to play better at the major league level than Jansen. Yeah, so 360, uh, you mentioned uh, Max Pentecost. Uh He's definitely what he's number eight on the Blue Jays MLB pipeline, and yeah, apparently last season, according to Fangraphs, he he appeared in seventy four games for um, Lansing and sixty two for Lansing and twelve for Dunedin. And you know, 
he he had a pretty he had uh, in the sixty two games he batted three fourteen, and um, Lansing. But yeah, this season he's been doing he's been doing pretty good. And Dunedin this year, you know, he's played sixty one games. He's batting two ninety five with nine home runs and forty five RBIs. And uh, Danny Jansen as well has been doing um good in New Hampshire. Uh, he's batting two ninety eight with two home runs and nineteen RBIs. So definitely the Blue Jays have a good good depth when it comes to catching prospects. You know, um, you also mentioned Hagen Danner, who we're familiar with, as well as Riley Adams. So um, I'm not too worried about the Blue Jays. I'm just saying it out of the blue. I'm not worried about their depth. I think they got great depth for catching depth, and uh, Riley, uh, I'm sorry, Danny Jansen is as well is a good uh, prospect. All right, uh, as we approach the end of this episode 17 of There She Goes, a Blue Jays podcast, you can listen all the, to all the podcasts. His link will be in our bio after it's published. Uh, we're gonna do some quick hot takes. Uh, who will get traded, and what kind of return are you expecting for each uh, player that will get traded? I think some of the obvious players to be traded, obviously, are for since Goliariano, uh, Marco Estrada, J.A. Happ. We talked about all three of those early, earlier. I think those three are the the most likely to get traded. If I had to pick one out of that bunch, I would pick Francisco Liriano. Um, the Kansas City Royals were interested in him earlier, um, and there was an article on Baseball Prospectus about um, some of the prospects that the Blue Jays would be interested in. Uh, I think it was... If I remember correctly, I think Gideon Turk wrote the article and talked to some Blue Jays scouts, and I will pull up the article in a minute. But definitely, I think Francisco Liriano will be the player that the Blue Jays um, will trade if they trade anyone, uh, especially since he his contract expires after this season. He hasn't been performing the best aside from his last start. He, he didn't reach the third inning in back-to-back starts before his most recent start. Um, yeah, so if I had to pick one guy, I would pick him. Um, for my uh, players that I think will get traded, obviously, you know, we've been talking about it a lot. Uh, try not to repeat it too much. You know, players with expiring contracts, Liriano, Estrada, possibly Smith, and as well as players who have term for the uh, next year, I wouldn't rule out. Uh, we also spoke early about Jay Happ. Uh, who knows about that? I wouldn't rule out Steve Pierce as well, just because, you know, he's he's been pretty good since uh, – okay, he's been good since coming off the DL – with his calf strain, um, I think he's batting 270. So, you know, if the Blue Jays decide, obviously if the Blue Jays trade half or Pierce just because they have a uh, term for next year, they definitely would be getting uh, a bit more for players with expiring contracts. But if they want to look to next year, um, uh, Blue Jays kind of mentioned earlier, I made a good point that if they want to look to next year, I don't, they shouldn't really be trading these people just because if you trade them, then you have more holes, especially with the left field hole that the Blue Jays have been dealing with since uh, last offseason. And as well, for Hap, um, you mentioned the rotation thing. But it, my first options, again, are Liriano, Estrada, uh, maybe Smith. You probably would get the most just for Smith, just because, you know, he's having a good year. And Estrada and uh, Liriano have just been losing trade value. Estrada did okay yesterday. He walked four, but uh, his, his command's been all over the place still. But he definitely... Uh, I guess you can say a good step just because he wasn't allowing he he allowed two earned runs in five innings. So I I think they could get a little bit for Estrada over Liriano just because um Estrada's just I think he's just a better pitcher this season, even though you can't really say who's having a better season just because of their ERA. But those are the players I think will get traded. Uh, yeah, it was interesting that you said Steve Pierce. I kind of had the same 
thoughts on that too, but when you brought up that he is one of those guys that does not or still has term left on his deal after the year, probably means he's not going to get traded. Uh, he is a guy that you could get a decent return for because he's a guy the Blue Jays have playing in left field right now, but he could play first base or left field. Uh, I thought he was going to be more of a utility guy this season, but he's turned out to be the primary left fielder. Uh, and then one guy like you guys have mentioned and everybody has kind of mentioned throughout sports is Joe Smith, and he's having a really good year for the Blue Jays. Uh, he is 3-0 and with 348 ERA, but he's, he's having a really good year. I think his whip is probably on like 1.3 or 1.2, something like that. Uh, but he's a guy, again, who has an expiring contract at the end of the season, so he could definitely get a decent return. You can get a decent return for, especially if you're looking at a contending team that has a struggling bullpen. You know, he, I could see a content, a contending team wanting to pay a little bit more for him because you know they they need the extra help, especially if their bullpen is bad. Uh, and then yeah, like the names like Liriano, uh, he I think it, he would probably get the best return, even though he's having a bad year this year. He's a guy who over his career he's. He's had decent numbers. Uh, he has a wicked slider. You know, he's a he's a veteran. He can uh, he he can turn things around as easily uh, or very easily. You know, as we saw last year, he went from having like a four something ERA to a two ninety two ERA with the Blue Jays. Uh, and that's just kind of how pitchers are. You know, they're kind of a bargain. We saw that with Jason Grilly and Joaquin Benoit last year. You know, and you know they turned their season around. And then James Shields. You know, just bringing up him when he was traded to the uh, to the White Sox, I believe. His first few outings, he had like a 10 ERA or something. Like, he was brutal. So, pitchers are kind of a bargain deal. So, Liriano, I could see probably getting a decent... You could get a decent return for him just because, you know, he has a amazing slider. Uh, his career numbers are decent. You know, he... And, you know, he could easily turn things around and then down the stretch be a great, you know, bullpen arm for any rotation... Or any uh, contending team or a start, a fifth starter for any team... Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the sorry, we, the big three of players getting traded, Liriano, Estrada, and Joe Smith. Uh, I think Joe Smith alone can get a pretty good return. Uh, we haven't seen the Markin relievers be that great over the years, but this year it's been uh, pretty good. Uh, we saw the Brewers, they got Anthony Swarzak from the White Sox for a super utility man in the White Sox system. So pardon me, for a super utility man in their system that went to the White Sox. And we also saw uh, Pat Nishak yesterday. Uh, he went from the Phillies to the Rockies for uh, three prospects. So the return on relievers has definitely been good this year. I think Joe Smith can definitely uh, bring in a top 100 prospect uh, in, in a return. Uh, obviously, I'm not sure guaranteed, but I think something close to that. I think he definitely has more trade value than Anthony Swarzak and the G. And pardon me, the White Sox got a pretty good return on that. Uh, and as we mentioned with Liriano and Estrada continuously, they're not having a very good season, either of them. Uh, but I thought of this as another idea. Uh, what are your thoughts on packaging Estrada or Liriano with a reliever, sort of like a Danny Barnes, Ryan's Paratype? Because obviously, you know, they've been great this year, but if Ryan Tapera or Danny Barnes packaged with Liriano or Estrada brings in a top 100 prospect, uh, I would do that personally, but I'm not sure how you guys see it. Uh, I think trading for relievers is probably better than trading for a piece on your roster, not piece on in your lineup or in your rotation. Uh, they definitely have less value. Uh, so I think that 
might sweeten the deal a little bit. Uh, just a thought, though. But if you guys think it's totally crazy, just let me know. Uh, but that's how I see the return uh, coming from uh, these guys that we mentioned. Yeah, that package does make sense. Um, I wouldn't trade, personally, I wouldn't trade Danny Barnes or Ryan Tapera because they are both controllable assets. We've, hear, we've heard uh, Ross Atkins talk about wanting controllable assets on the team. Uh, he wants to compete for 2018 uh, and beyond. Obviously, a team never wants not to compete. Uh, but I, I like the idea of packaging them t- both of them together. Um, I think... Liriano or Estrada and Smith would be a better deal because Smith is going to be a free agent after this year. Uh, but packaging them together definitely does make sense, and it would be worth it for a top 100 prospect. Yeah, you mentioned uh, 360, how Tapero and Barnes are controllable for a couple of years. Then Voodoo Center, I I also agree with maybe potentially packaging a deal. I don't see a huge blockbuster with three. All three of, you know, the big three with the expiring contracts. But maybe, you know, they package uh, Smith and Estrada or Smith and Liriano. I see Smith being packaged with one of the starters that would get traded. But, yeah, maybe maybe they get more leverage for that. Maybe they get a bigger return. Uh, yeah, Blue Jay Center, what you just said put me into a pretty deep thought, actually. You know, it's very interesting because, you know, Francisco Liriano just by himself, I don't think will bring in that great of a return. But if you add in Joe Smith... uh just off the top of my head, definitely a contending team would want either one of them, but I think both of them would definitely make a deal even sweeter for them because Joe Smith is, has had a tremendous season. He could definitely help any bullpen, whether they want him as a middle reliever or a setup guy or maybe even a closer. Uh, and then Francisco Liriano, you know, he's a lefty. He has a nice slider. Uh, he definitely could bring in a decent return, but then the two of them together, I think, would bring in the most, you know, Marco Estrada, I don't think would bring in as much as Francisco Liriano. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I think Liriano and Smith, you know, to any contending team would definitely bring in a decent amount of return. We'll wrap things up there. Thank you for listening to episode 17 of There She Goes, a weekly Blue Jay podcast for all things Blue Jays. Uh, as always, we are joined by Everything Blue Jays, Blue Jays Center, and Blue Jays Nation. I'm Mark Culley from 360 Blue Jays News and Bluebird Banter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.